Blog Talk Radio. You heard of the quiet storm. Now be ready for the thunderstorm. It's a show where we can't be quiet. Discussing world affairs from the Christian hip-hop perspective. That's right, the Christian hip-hop perspective. With your host, Christian hip-hop artist and sports blogger, GQ Forever. So turn up your radio. You are now listening to The Thunderstorm. announcement when you do you know we are ladies and gentlemen gentlemen and ladies adults teenagers adolescents babies 8 p.m est 421 the storm is on man let's go ahead and get it started welcome back welcome back welcome back over the next eight calendar days man we got like some of the most iconic moments that you're about to see in the history of the show man starting tonight we got a coo we got a, uh, a business owner. We got the man who is responsible for Rep the King Mag. He's going to broadcast with us tonight. That's my big brother, Stedman Robinson. As always, my co-pilots, my man DC, my man Trail in the building. The Storm Chasers in the building. Roll call. I see some Gastonia. I see some Charlotte. I see some 803s, some 864s, some 786s, some 305s. Some 702s, which could only be Vegas. Welcome to the storm, everybody. Just caught the last 15 minutes. So remember the Titans, if that doesn't fire you up, nothing else will. And tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. EST is back. It's officially the thunderstorm again, man, because Thunderstorm Sports is back up. The original bad boys of Sports Talk Radio, the original hip-hop cats of Sports Talk Radio, we're back. It's going to be crazy. We got the NFL schedule. We're going to talk a little bit of college football. Uh, just in case y'all are wondering, the Eagles are still the champs. The Sixers are up 3-1 on the Miami Heat. Like the pages on Facebook, the Thunderstorm Hip Hop Sports Entertainment Network. My personal GQ underscore, the number four underscore EDA. Follow us on Twitter at GQ Forever, at Storm Sports 66, at Storm Radio 66, at Inside Eagles. My man DC and Trail revamped their Twitter pages. I'm going to go ahead and let them give you the uh, the handles when they get on. And shout out to everybody hitting us up via Skype, via Facebook Messenger, Yahoo Messenger, the 700 ways y'all have to get in contact with us. I don't know why y'all just don't call the show, man. Some of this is too much to keep up with. <laughs> but thank you to every one of y'all. Y'all could have been doing anything else in the world, but y'all chose to hang out with us, and we appreciate it. Bookmarkers. Newer classic episodes on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. We are currently simulcast right now on Blog Talk Radio. The number, 602-753-1759. Just like church, turn to your neighbor. Slap them across the bridge of your late nose and tell them that the storm is on. As always, without further ado, the man of the hour, the reason we have so many female listeners, Trail is in the building. What's going on, little bro? What's going on, man? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> man, how was your week? How was your week? How was your I don't think we talked in a week, did we? <laughs> nah, man. We ain't talked this week, man. We ain't talked. 
see, uh, I know you're a busy man, so I try to let you get to space. But I had a good week, man. How about yourself? Man, it was good, man. It was good. Uh, got out a little bit today. Enjoyed a little bit of the sunshine. Got a little bit to eat. Watched the Sixers go on 3-1 on the Miami Heat. All is right with the world, man. I don't know what happened, man, but somewhere along the lines, I stopped being a D-Wave fan. I don't know when that happened. I don't know what it was about him. This just, but all of a sudden, I decided this brother just gets on my nerves. I don't know if it's just me. Uh-oh. Well, uh, well, uh, I ain't going to say, you know, I'm a, I am hate D-Wade. You know, D-Wade has always been one of my favorites, actually. I didn't like it when him and LeBron was together, but, you know. I, I mm-hmm. like him now that he gets back home. You know, going back home and he doing what's right for that city. So I'm actually opposite. That's actually what I did like him, man. Like I like, I, I always will like LeBron. Um, people were getting on me like about a month and a half ago, man. They were sitting there talking about some stuff I said about Tom Brady, man. I don't dislike Tom Brady. I love Tom Brady. I love Bill Belichick. What I don't like is the Patriots. But Tom Brady, I love that dude. I don't like the Cavaliers. I like LeBron James. I don't know why people are so irritated by sustained excellence, like somebody that is too good for too long. We like people as long as they're underdogs and they're struggling, but when they get too successful, we don't like these people anymore. But LeBron, man, we're talking about never been arrested, put all his homeboys on, uh, married his high school sweetheart. I haven't seen this dude get so much as a speeding ticket. What reason is there not to like LeBron James? Can you help me out with this? Uh, Yes, I can. The reason why you have so many LeBron haters is simply this. Because when you compare him to certain individuals, it just don't match up. The numbers may match up, but the way, the how he goes about doing it doesn't match up. See, when you, you have a lot of Jordan fans and a lot of Kobe fans, like myself, mm-hmm. and those are the killer instincts. Like, when it's when it's closing time and you need a bucket, and you're trying to get that last bucket. You know who the ball was going to. People knew the ball was going to Jordan. People knew the ball was going to Kobe. And they still got the ball and was able to do what they do. With LeBron, it took him time to get there. And the reason why people hate on LeBron is simply this. They feel like with you being as great as he is, when you're that great, people hold you to higher standards. So they wanted him to take over and have that killer instinct, and I think now he's developed into it, but for a long time he didn't have it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, we're right with that because I'm talking about also, too, I'm talking about the people that don't like Tom Brady, they don't like LeBron, they don't like I – can, I can make the argument for why you may not like Tom Brady. I can I'm make the argument I, for where – I can make the argument for why you may not like Kobe. I don't understand how you cannot like LeBron James. That's just that's just me. I don't dislike him as a person. I love all all of what he does off the court. But some of the uh on the court stuff that he used to do in his younger playing days, I'm starting I'm slowly starting to like him. I mean, I never liked him more than Kobe because Kobe was just, you know, Kobe was one of my Kobe is my favorite player. Of all time, so that's that's more than joy mm-hmm. for me. But but I've I've grown to respect him a lot. Gotcha, gotcha. You got the new Twitter, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's the new Twitter handle, man? Like I said, man, we ain't talked about we. Give me that, give me that Twitter handle, man, so I can go follow you myself. At Dtrail three three, man. Make sure y'all go follow me. Go follow me right now at Dtrail three three. 
right. you heard two of the voices of the storm. You, you heard two of the voices of the storm. Voice number three, co-pilot number three, DC is in the building. What's going on, my brother? What's going on, y'all? What's going on? Man, we're trying to figure out why nobody likes LeBron, man. <laughs> They're still trying. This dude didn't even play today, I don't think. But they, what's going on? Talk, talk to me. Oh, man. Talking about LeBron? Whew. Yeah. Really? It's, 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 it's just like, I guess, how people see with Kobe or with Tom Brady. Like you said, they either hating on, hating on him in his talents or they just feel like he's overrated. I mean, mm-hmm. and in a way, I, I can see what they're saying, but you got to respect the man. Well, you got to respect anybody, especially if they're good at what they do. So, in my case, I'm not a LeBron fan because of his fan base, like his little followers, just making it seem like he's just immortal. He can do no wrong. That's why I got a little thing against him. But all in all, I feel like he's a good player. So, I can't say I'm a hater. All right, well, Thunderstorm Sports is back tomorrow, 4-22-18, p.m. EST. Storm Sports, the original bad boys of hip-hop and sports talk radio are back. Um, it's officially the Thunderstorm again. The Storm is back up and cranking. Everybody's been showing us love, and we appreciate that. Um, waving to some of y'all on Skype right now. And also, too, those that love us for the Thunderstorm Sports show, because there were people that actually listened to Storm Sports that didn't even listen to the Storm Man and vice versa. So um, for those of y'all who were just waiting to hear our take on how things go in the sports world, you know, we're back. I'm going to let the fellas handle the NBA stuff tomorrow because, I mean, you can go back in the archives, man. I've proven it over and over again. It's the NBA. I uh, I could do with it or without it. I mean, I'm I'm cool that the Sixers are winning, but I could do with it without the NBA, man. That NFL stuff, that's what I care about. <laughs> and we'll be talking a lot of NFL tomorrow, man. Um, with that, I want to get into this. So we got – my big brother, Stedman Robinson, coming on. Uh, uh, Robinson Legacy, LLC. Rep the King Mag. He's going to be hanging out with us tonight. The Old School Bus is coming up. And uh, we're going to ride with one particular individual on the Old School Bus because today, 421, we celebrate two years from the time that we say goodbye to the greatest entertainer in the history of black music. That is Prince. Uh, may he rest in heaven. Uh, I say it all the time. We know that God is a lover of music. This man is taking the uh, Gerald Levert home. Uh, Isaac Hayes is up there. You got Prince. Uh, you, you got Michael Jackson, Wendy Houston. There's quite the concert going on in heaven, fellas. I was about to say, man, I, I, uh, I, we ain't going to get into that because me and you done got into that conversation before. I thought you were talking about Michael the greatest entertainer, but we'll let it go. We'll let it go. Here he goes. Um, Here he goes. But, but I want to say this, though, man, um, and I'm glad you say that because this is an argument that's been sparked up every single time we bring up one or the other. Um, they will always compare Michael Jackson to Prince. And from somewhere, I guess it's because two of the most iconic individuals in the history of black music rose up and their errors were around the same time. But um, just keeping it 100 with you and everything, man, um, I think we can kill the whole comparison thing. Can we just love both of them and say both of them was great? Because they both were. Yes. But um, at the same time, too, my whole thing is, man, whenever there will be a conversation about the comparisons, I rock one way, and it's because of the fact that, you know, we talked about this brother through 37 albums who self-taught himself to play 30 instruments, (laughs) 
This man gave away hit records. This man, we have had composers in the industry. We have had Quincy Jones, who is the composer, but not the entertainer or the singer. We have had the singers, Whitney Houston, who is not the composer or the producer or the writer. We have had people who have given credit, given credit for being the writer, uh, Bianca Knowles and Babyface. I don't know who actually wrote these records, but it wasn't them. And we all should be able to say that by now. We have had the writers who can't sing. We have had the singers who can't write. We have had the singers who can't entertain. We have had the entertainers who can't sing. Again, Bianca Knowles. But to take the composer, writer, author, entertainer, the arranger, the musician, the singer, the dancer, there was nothing this man couldn't do. Um, I give I give Michael Jackson three albums, man. I give him Off the Wall. I give him Bad. I give him Thriller. We got 37 from Prince. And the only reason we started talking about Michael Gill was because of his untimely death. Mike had been on the planet for 15 more years, and we didn't talk about Michael Jackson until he was gone. That didn't happen with Prince. We almost forgot he was alive until he was taken from us. But God bless both of them. Like I said, there's one heck of a praise and worship team in heaven right now. <laughs> and it consists of some of the greatest artists I've ever seen, man. And, uh, you know, when God calls us home, man, maybe we get to partake of that every single Sunday, man. You got Isaac Hayes on whatever he might be playing from time to time. Maybe he's going back and forth from the drums to the keyboard. We got God, God is calling the singers home, man. God is calling the singers home. But, um, Shout out to the man in purple, a man who that that told us that rain could be purple, doves could cry. We both know both are impossible, but we love them anyway, and we actually believe that it could actually be purple rain. So on the two-year anniversary, we're going to be riding with some prints on the old school bus, and um, that's pretty much what it is, man. I might ride with them all weekend. I respect it. I respect it. I respect it. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Fellas. New Music Saturday is Saturday Night Live. On the other side of the break, we got my big brother, Stanley Robinson, who is now in the building. He will be joining us on the other side of this. New Music Saturday for Saturday Night Live. We got new music from Sean Johnson. The 305-786 is represented. Make it go. Here he is.
Atlanta, Georgia. They actually, there's several different locations and everything. And this brother actually drives to three of them during the course of a Sunday. That's Kerwin Lee. For that, you heard new music from my homeboy, Sean Johnson, um, 305-786. What's up? You're back on the Storm, D.C. Trail. And now to the Thunderstorm Storm Hotline, my big brother, without further ado, man, we got to show this brother all the love in the world because he shows us the same right back. And when you, you when you sow positive seed, you have to reap a positive harvest. And that's what we always get from this brother right here. Second time on the storm. Ain't talked to him in a minute, but he's back. Welcome, my big brother, Stanley Robinson, to the broadcast. What's going on, G? Right here, right here. I, I appreciate you having me on the storm again. I appreciate it. I appreciate the love. Uh, the fact that we got you here so late, man, was actually my fault and everything, man. I know you're a busy brother, so am I, man. But just because we haven't been talking, that means I haven't been paying attention to your exploits and what you got going on, man. Tell us a little bit about Robinson Legacy LLC and, of course, Rep the King made. Oh, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> Robinson Legacy LLC is an artist management and artist development management company along with what we do. We start off the company with, uh, you know, consultations. We reach artists who come to us. We do a consultation with them. We explain the whole situation on how we can get things going. And we also teach them how they can do it without us, you know, through that consultation. You know, I'm not holding any secrets back, you know, if anybody wants to know how to put something out and how to get it, you know, maximized, you know, I'll tell them how it is. You know, and <clears throat> so through that company, we also manage quite a few artists under that company. You know, um, Calvin Cofield, all the way from uh, Detroit, Michigan. Calvin Cofield with his wife Kim Cofield Rice, uh, Marcus Anthony, and many more. You know, uh, if I forget anybody's name, I didn't forget anybody's name, but it's a lot of names to mention that we manage under Robinson Legacy LLC. Most definitely, most definitely. Now, the transition from artist development and management to um, Rep the King Mag, tell us a little bit about what you got going on with Rep the King. Are you looking for writers? Um, How did you get involved with that in the first place? What made you want to turn into the journalism circuit and try to get your, t- try to get people noticed in that vein? Well, um, I noticed, well, as managing artists, I noticed there's only a couple lanes out there. And one thing about those lanes is... You know, I, I'm not trying to put anything negative on anybody's name, but it seems like they're all about themselves. You know what I mean? Um, where mm-hmm. with Rep, when Rep the King came my way, I had the opportunity to purchase Rep the King from the previous owner. You know, because he hasn't done it, he hasn't ran it in like three years before I purchased it. Um, you know, what happened was I was always on the road. Plus, I was working a full-time job, and so being on the road managing artists. You know, in and out of doing shows and all that, I end up leaving my regular full-time job, and then I needed something to supplement income. You know, and when we when we had a sit down with um, the previous owner, you know, my wife and I, we sat down with him and we talked to him, and we knew that it's not about you know making money off of it, but it's about another source of income. See, a lot of people don't understand when you leave one thing, you got to make sure music is beautiful. You know, when we teach artists, you know, under Robinson Lacey, music is great. But the way the music industry is, you need another source of income. You know, you need another source, regardless if it's you're a writer for another artist. You're, you're a videographer, you know, out there shooting videos, 
you know, you need another source of income. So when I left my full-time job, you know, I thank God that he opened the door for us to purchase Rep the King magazine and that'd be another source of income coming in to help, you know, take them headaches off, you know, of stress off of bills and all that. And so when we when we bought it and we relaunched it, it took us a while to get back up there. You know, um, you know, while we were just kicking it off, we were, I, that, I guess that's when we first talked on the show, um, mm-hmm. you know, when we first came across each other and we first talked on the show. So, you know, kicking it off, it was great. It's been great. And also, it, like I said, it's it's about the artist. You know what I mean? Um, I know I know a lot of people like, oh, if I pay you this much, you'll put my stuff on. Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. 50% of that is true, and 50% of it isn't. If I listen to the music and I'm like, you, you're throwing you're throwing money away if you didn't if you didn't working on your craft. You know what I mean? So everybody thinks mm-hmm. just because I'm a Christian artist, I'm gonna go ahead and just say Christ through my music. The beat's off, the tune is off, the music off, and people are just gonna go ahead and flock to me. It doesn't work that way, you know, because yeah, I could throw you to my fans on Rep the King and then you get mad at me because nobody's liking your music. Nobody's listening to your music. Well, you know, you got to make sure that there's something there for people to like and listen to. You know, because mm-hmm. all the fans that come to me, come to my site and, and it, it's there are people who don't go to church. they are people who are looking for another venue of music outside of listening to the J. Coles and the Kendrick Lamars. So when they come to my site, mm-hmm. they're looking for something that is going to hit and it's going to make them look about their life. Mm-hmm. When you say things and you're trying to teach people to maximize their revenue when you're talking about things to the essence of uh, you're trying to get people to perfect their craft, this is where I got in trouble one time, man. I was actually uh, talking to some Christian hip-hop artists, and a lot of people thought that we were too critical of Christian hip-hop because – we didn't see the lyrics, the, the lyricists until probably about 10 years ago. And our whole argument was, now, there's no reason I should get in the choir because I can't sing. And if I was to get in the choir and start singing and I, my voice cracks between each note, you're going to have an issue with me singing. To us, we kind of felt like it was the same thing as far as Christian hip-hop was concerned. If these brothers can't rap, is it time to step aside and let some other brothers come in who actually had a little bit more lyrical content and a little bit more dexterity with their wordplay, or should we give them a pass because there's a ministry aspect to what they're doing? What's your opinion on that? I disagree. I agree. When we do everything, we, if we're doing everything in the Lord's for the Lord, we need to do everything mm-hmm. in excellence, in excellence, 100% excellent. Because when people look at us, and they're looking at us like, they, let's say they stumble across that artist that are sitting there and saying, man, you know, let me see what this guy has to say. Yo, this video looks whack. It looked like somebody shot it with an iPhone, and his lyrics isn't matching. His beats, it, it, nah, this is what Christian hip-hop is all about? I don't want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. But yet they miss the yeah. other people like, you know, Ty Brazel. They miss the other people like uh, Roy Tosh and Derek Minor. They miss those people. But, you know... We all have to do everything in excellence. Like from Rep the King, if you know, uh, we had a TV network when we first started out, and mm-hmm. it wasn't all that great, and it wasn't done in excellence, so we stopped it. Regardless of the money situation, because yes, it takes money 
to put out a TV network. It takes a lot of money. But regardless of that, we, we would go ahead and, and fund that. But the fact that it wasn't done in excellence, we shut it down. We don't want that. We want When we do things, when we represent our Lord Jesus Christ, we have to represent him to the fullest. You know, I can't sing. So, you know, I love to sing. Don't get me wrong. I love to sing. But you're not going to catch me up on the choir because that's not where my blessing, that's not where my, 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 my talent is, you know. My talent mm-hmm. is to help the choir sing better. You know, look at Kurt Franklin, for instance. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know his talent mm-hmm. is not singing, but his talent is writing. But when he writes, he writes in excellence. You know, stuff like that. So we just got to, you know, I, I tell them, I, I have a debate with them all the time. They're like, yo, go back and work on your lyrics. Go back and work on that video. You know, and they were like, oh, I spent so much money. I'm like, well, you know, sometimes you just need to understand. You know, we all make mistakes. We all we all fumble. But, you know, you're going to put out something and you're going to throw it on Facebook. Yeah, okay, you throw it on Facebook and you're going to get 10,000 views. But if you take that to a record label, I've been in the record label. I work for record labels. You bring that to me in a record label, I'm gonna laugh at you because I'm gonna like, all right, you mm-hmm. got ten thousand views on your on your Facebook, but you got two views on your YouTube. You know because mm-hmm. we know we know you pay to play on Facebook. You know, right. so you want when you when you put out music, uh, you know, go back and work on your craft. Get with a team that's gonna help you develop. If your talent is to write. Your talent is to rap, you know. We all start from somewhere. We all started from, you know, doing the Dr. Seuss rap. Everybody started from mm-hmm. back then, but everybody worked on their craft. You know what I mean? To get where they are today. Right. You've been one of the rare uh, individuals that I know that have been able to maximize both your ministry and your your financial, um, your financial uh, life as far as what you're doing, and you've allowed Rep. the King to be. Um, one of the biggest money makers for you, and so on and so forth. Um, and I understand that that's a that's a gift that God has given you because you've always had the right heart, and your heart has always been in the right place. What is your advice to other artists? Because I'm gonna keep it real with you, I mean, now a lot of people go in here, man, and they get too involved in how many spins they're getting and how many followers they got on Instagram and the record labels. I ain't gonna say no names because I'm working some too. They stop thinking about ministry and they start thinking about how many spins this person is going to get on certain radio station and so on and so forth. So to those people that you can see that are coming in with that type of mindset, what is your advice to them? Or are you seeing these people? Well, my advice to them is to make sure that you do all of, you do great. When you do anything, you got to make sure it's great no matter what. And, and, you know, yes, you know, record labels, you know, regardless, Christian record labels, hip hop record labels, uh, you know, no matter what it is, they're a business. They're a business. You know what I mean? It's not ministry. It's not ministry. That record label owner, you don't see him standing up and preaching on a Sunday and then saying, "All right, right. buy my artist people the CDs." Right? You know, we gonna sell into my record label right now. No, you don't see them doing that. They know the difference between business and record labels. And the same thing with me. Mm-hmm. You know, Rep. King is a business. You know. I hope I put your ministry up on there. If that's what you call your music, you call it your ministry, I'll put it up on there and I'll introduce it to the world. But we are a business. Now, my ministry outside of Rep. The King is, you know, my ministry. You know, where I go out and I help feed the homeless. I, I touch lives. I speak to the kids. 
in the detention center, in the prison. That's my ministry. I'm not boasting about those things. I'm not boasting about those mm-hmm. things because, you know, God did say, you know, when you when you boast about those things, that's your blessing. You already boast. You know what I mean? So, you know, yeah, I may put up on, a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I may put up on there, you know, hey, help donate. Because, hey, we, it's a ministry. It's a donation. It's a 501-3C mm-hmm. company. You know what I mean? Is these things. So, but I tell everybody, you know, you got to learn to separate ministry from music. Music is a business. You know what I mean? Okay. If you, you know, if you put something up on, on Spotify, on iTunes, and you're exchanging it for money, it's a business. You know what I mean? No matter how much you say, I speak God through it. I speak about God through it. Well, you can speak about God through it. Give it away for free. Then call it ministry. Because the word mm-hmm. is free. You know what I mean? But it takes you to, it takes money to make to, to, to put your ministry out there. You know, it takes somebody sewing into your ministry to put you out there. It takes somebody sewing into these companies to put you out there. And I hope I answered your question. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I know I probably got off of it. Um what's going on, man? This this trail right here. So my question to you would be this, man. Um, as you you know, you've been developing these artists that you develop. What is, I guess, the the one thing that you want them to take out of your development? Like when they, if they were to leave you, what is the one thing that you want them to leave and say, "This is what I took from him." Well, that's my goal with the development. Um, my goal is to teach him how to be. A manager, how to be a person to book their own shows. You know, don't look for a manager to book your shows. You know what I mean? I'll be honest with you. That's why there's no booking companies out there looking for independent artists. You have to have a noise. So, you know, I teach them everything. So if they walk away from me and they were done, you know, we, we part ways, they should be able to run their business 100% without anybody else teaching them how to run their business. And that's my goal. You know, Robinson Legacy goal is to help, um, you know, artists to develop themselves. You know, a lot of them are married couples. So we teach their wives. You know, my wife will sit down and, you know, teach their wives of how to run a management side of the business along with me. You know, um, we teach their moms. A lot of them have moms. We teach their moms how to be a manager. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, you know, I, I manage artists all the way from Detroit to Florida and from Florida to Texas. You know, I, I'm not going to be there all the time for them. You know what I mean? So they need to know how to manage their business. They need to know how to, you know, when they put out music, they're going to put out in the same in the same steps. You know, they just don't put, they just don't hit the recording studio and then send everything my way. And then, all right, that's it. Don't worry about the rest. No, they they know what steps to take. They know where to go. They know how to put it out. They know how to upload it to to our distribution company. They know how to do all these things. So that's my, you know, Robin's legacy goal is not just to have, you know, millions and millions of artists under us. It's to have millions and millions of life that we touch and we taught how to run their business. So nobody takes advantage of them, you know, in the future. Okay. All right. All right. So, 
my question for you, this is DC, by the way. How you doing? Um, How you doing? My question for you is, uh, I'm good. Switching from the music industry and then doing this whole Rep the King magazine, which one would you say has been more challenging for you? More, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Or I think the last part. Which one, which one has been more challenging for you? I'm sorry. More challenging? Um, I'll be honest, Rep the King is more challenging. Uh, Rep the King, you know, I mean, with Rep the King, it's just another source of income. It's not like I'm looking to get rich off of artists. You know, but the thing is, we got to teach artists for you to make money, you have to spend money. You know what I mean? That's why, you know, if you look at my packages, you look at me, I'm throwing on deals all the time. And it's, it's, it's to teach artists, hey, man, I spent $300 on a video and I'm going to put it on YouTube. Who's going to help me promote it? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just going to throw it on YouTube and hope somebody watches. You know, yeah. we, we don't want that. We want to make sure that you understand that. All right, you invest into. You don't even have to invest into Rep the King. There's other sites out there. There's other dope sites out there. You know, like Track Stars, Gem Hype. Those are my partners. Those are my friends. Those are family, actually. I can tell you straight out. You know, you could go to them and look at their packages and promote with them. Man, it, you know, it doesn't have to be Rep the King. But that, to me, is a lot challenging because a lot of times everybody wants something done for free. You know, a lot of times I get that email, please submit, you know, they send me a one-liner, you know, and then when I reply, I reply with a whole long letter, you know, all right, if you want something done, let's fix up that letter, you know, let, let's fix up that email, because you, you, if you send a one-liner and, and your link, people are going to look at that as like, what is this, you know, you're not looking professional. You know, so a lot of times that that's the challenge. That's the challenge I come across with Rep the King. Managing artists, the artists that come to me, they all come to me from word of mouth. You know, um, and and I don't try not to. I I do promote a lot about Rep the King, but I try. I mean, Robinson Legacy, but I try not to because I want it to be. You know, you see what I'm doing with other artists. You see how the other artists are. Being coming out, you know, hitting the, hitting the numbers on Spotify, 10,000 downloads, streams on Spotify within a couple of weeks. You see those kind of things, and I want you to come to me. You know what I mean? If you feel like you have the talent, you have the ability, you'll come to me. You'll say, hey, man, I want to sit down. I want to have a consultation with you. You know, tell me what, what am I doing wrong or where can I improve myself? You know, and so... Robinson Legacy isn't challenging, but the King was. <laughs> <laughs> kind of what I've been, kind of what I've been seeing too, man. Is um, this is this is like the argument we hear a lot. A lot of times, there's this desire to want to try to distinguish who's actually in this for the sake of advancing the kingdom, and who's in this for some sort of financial gain, and. To the point where you mentioned like the Derek Miners and everything, which would be under the Reach umbrella and Reach Records and so on and so forth. Reach, when they were in the impetus, I think it was you had your Triplees, you had your Show Barackers, you had your your Lecrae. Um, I don't know if Lecrae is even still affiliated with Reach or not, but they were very intentional about making sure that they just kept putting it out there so it could be heard that. You know, we're in this. We could care less about money. They even had the money over Christ records and so on and so forth when they had the one one six thing. 
And they were very intentional about we're in this for ministry, forget about money, so on and so forth. There was another side of the argument where people were trying to look for certain clues. Like, for me, it became pretty easy. Like, if I hear someone going to, like, concerts and they say, I'm here to perform, perform is kind of one of those words that stand out to me, man. Like, is what you're doing really a performance or what you're doing, like, really like ministry and you actually trying to save someone? To say it's a performance sounds kind of weird to me. And the point I'm making in all of this is if T.D. Jakes puts out Jump the Broom, he's considered a genius because he's taken the talent he has that has nothing to do with his actual ministry, and he's been able to create some sort of income off of it. If certain pastor releases a book and now he's become an author and his book becomes a bestseller, he's seen as a genius. Why is it somehow demonized when the artist, from the musical standpoint, wants to then try to take what he has as a natural talent and try to convert it into some sort of income to take care of his family. Why is that why is that all of a sudden wrong? Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> I get that. I hear that all the time, man. It, it, you know, the same thing, you know, the emails and response I get, oh, I thought this was ministry. Uh, it is ministry, but the website costs money, you know, to keep up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, their lifestyle costs money. If you want to see, if you want to see, them to keep putting out music and that goes for everybody that goes for everybody in the industry from starting out to the end you want to keep up somebody has to invest into you you know what i mean somebody Mm -hmm. has to but yeah that's the hardest thing man the minute you say i'm here to i'm here to perform like i'll be honest with you you know um the concerts that we got going on they're they're performance concerts because it's hard for like i my heart is to do like concerts and and ministry at the same time, you know, because I love I, I love what City Takers does here in Atlanta, where they do it's not just concerts, it's ministry. They're calling people to mm-hmm. altar. They're they're in the in the middle of the concert. They're calling people to altar. But the thing is, if mm-hmm. I go to if I go to Florida and I bring a Derek Miner like I'm doing, you know what I mean? Or I go to a Jacksonville and I I, I bring Derek Miner there, you know how how when we do that, when we call them to the altar and we, we change their life, we, we introduce them to Christ, you know what I mean? When we leave, what happens to them? Because a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people is not going back to these, not going back to that same church because they know that this was a concert. So sometimes they, you know, they, in their heart, like I know Derek really good, you know, and in his heart, he wants to minister. He wants to minister, mm-hmm. but he's going to say, I'm a minister through my music. You know what I mean? Because when I leave this town, I don't know what's happening to those souls. You know what I mean? I don't know what's happening to those souls. So, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the same thing with me. You know, whenever I go to do a show, I don't know what's happening to those souls that we're touching. You know what I mean? I pray to God that they get into a church. But, you know, when we tell them, get into a church, you know, do something. They're like, no, nah, I don't want to do that because I've done that. I've been hurt. I've been hurt, you know, just because I've been kicked out mm-hmm. of churches for wearing a hat. I've been so they they just got to look at it this way, you know. When you get to that certain level and you keep hearing the same thing, all right, I'm just coming to perform because you know I'm, my soul is crying that we want to do something better, but it's hard to because a lot of places are not ministering to our to our youths, to our teens, to our to, to our people. That hey, mm-hmm. you know, when we leave here. 
You need to keep it going. You need to keep that energy going and keep them coming. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I, I could say, say from my point of view, you know, yes, I'm throwing a lot of concerts on and I'm bringing artists to perform. But I'm trying to reach out to those churches to say, hey, minister to them. <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> minister to them when I leave. Gotcha. So from what I'm also hearing too is um, A lot of the criticism That you sometimes get sometimes Is whether you're doing this for ministry Or whether you're doing this for money Is that is that a fair assumption? I'm sorry I'm losing my voice here um, Allergies uh, Yeah I, I get that a lot of times You know am I doing it for Money am I doing it for ministry yeah, I'm doing it from ministry to be doing it. You know what I mean? But I got to mm-hmm. keep the website up. We got to keep these concerts going. You know what I mean? We got to keep these shows going so we can touch people's lives. You know, if if we go into a Derek Minor concert, you know, we want you to bring a friend. You know, that's why we try to keep the, 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 the ticket sales low. We want you to bring a friend. We want you to bring youths. We want you to bring people so they can hear the music. And not and not be all up on the, you know, uh, J. Cole who just dropped something. Oh, J. Cole dropped something. Let's blast it all over Facebook. You know, no. Derek Miner just dropped something, too. That was hot. That talked about, you know, you got to think before you do something. You know what I mean? So yeah. those, things, those things are what, you know, it, it, it's, it's rough. It, it's really, really rough. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know. I'm, I we we want to do it to help people, you know what I mean. But we, right. you know, a lot of people are looking at it like you know, for you for your radio intro, for instance, you know what I mean. If you right. don't have a sponsorship, right. who's paying for that? Who's right. paying for that? If we don't help right. out these organ these companies, we're not going to have these companies around much longer to help promote God. You know what I mean. We're just going to have the regular right. church. Sundays that we have, and yet we still want to lose our youth. Good stuff, man, as always. Good stuff. Good stuff. I apologize. You mentioned that. Allergies. You mentioned mentioned Derek Minor. Who are you listening to as far as like, because it seems like a lot of the great Christian hip hop artists are like on some sort of hiatus, man, and they all went on hiatus at the same time. Derek Minor has done his thing. I know um, I've always liked Baraka, um, especially like post-reach Baraka. Like, who are you listening to and who would you recommend that some people check out if they may not be familiar with the culture? Well, uh, Derek really didn't go on a hiatus. He's he's working on more of his artists. Um, One of his artists that he just signed just dropped something, um, Byron Jawan. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to give ways to the new guys. Um, the new guys have the sound that's bringing the, the attention to the younger generations. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, my kids know I, I listen to Derek, but yet they'll still turn on the What Up RG, the 1K Few. They'll turn those on. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's what they're vibing with. That's how they're feeling. They're feeling because it's not mumble rap. They don't mumble rap, but it's in their lane. It's that lane right now. That That's what's going on. So, you know, but, you know, the truth just dropped something. 
you know. So they're not really on hiatus. They're just kind of like taking a step back, helping other artists develop themselves, all these young guys develop themselves, and stay humble. You know what I mean? Because it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's really hard for the young guys to, you know, let that light get into their head mm-hmm. and all that. I like the Jesus for everybody record by the by the truth. I really like the incredible Christian thing. Those were two of like the the best lyrical performances I think I saw as far as like a Christian hip hop record man. Sammy, we are we appreciate you coming through, man. We we always appreciate when you come by and hang out on the score with us, man. Let us not go another year without talking again, big brother. Of course, man. Of course. Anytime and I do appreciate it. I will you know, I do appreciate what you do for the culture. You know what I mean? We're, we're pushing the culture. We got to stick together. You know, my thing is about unity. I love unity. I love when we can come together and help out each other. Yes, I have a Rep the King radio. That doesn't mean I'm not going to come on your radio network. That doesn't mean that. That means let's let's work together. Let's see how we can bridge the gap. Um, because there is a big gap that's going on right now. We're losing our youth. We're losing our youth to depression. You know, we're losing our youth to suicide. We're losing our youth. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. we we got to come together because the one the goal is to come together for the body of Christ. You know what I mean? And and, and build that bigger than we can. And if we can't do it together, you know it's going to be hard for us to do it apart. Gotcha. Cue the time ball. Yep. Did y'all hear the time ball? Cue the time. Ball. <laughs> okay, we dropped the ball because he dropped some knowledge And we cued the time ball Which means it's only one thing Lightning around the gauntlet I think you've done this before, bro We've, we've upgraded the gauntlet since the last time you've been here Cue the music, Stanley Robinson's in the gauntlet Uh-oh Alright, big brother And let me say first, too, while we saw the music and everything, man We appreciate you coming by um, I held you way past the time we said we was going to hold you, man I know you're busy and i probably catch you from something But you always have been uh, You've always looked out for me, man I just appreciate your time on here tonight Question number no one problem. No problem Fish or chicken? Fish or chicken? Chicken PlayStation or Xbox? Neither <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> Which one is more rewarding um, The the evolution of Reb, Reb, Reb Robinson Legacy And seeing you help another artist Or what you've been able to do Is Reb the King Mag Which one would you say Has been the most rewarding so far uh, Robinson Legacy Robinson Legacy Definitely Gotcha Alright we're putting you on the spot man Prince or Michael Jackson uh, I'm Michael, all the way. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, know that, I know you're a prince, man. Or NFL. <laughs> oh, NBA. NBA, all the way. All right, man. We're putting you. You're way too early prediction. Who's getting to the finals and who wins it? Ooh, I, sorry. I haven't even been watching. I've been so busy. You know, um, gotcha. I hope Miami. I'm from Florida. <laughs> uh, we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, your opinion on LeBron James Is he better or worse than Michael Jordan? Who, who uh, Is LeBron James better or worse than Michael Jordan? Yeah I I would say 
as of now, he's better. But Michael, Michael, all the way. I'm a Michael Jordan fan all the way. Gotcha. Appreciate it. All right, we jump in the ride with you right now. What's playing in the CD player or MP3 player or whatever it is that you listen to music on? Well, uh, Spotify. I got Spotify going, and right now I'm listening to uh, Byron Juwan. You know, he got he just dropped a single that is hot. Well, it's a two p two single EP he dropped. Uh, Changed up and 2020 is really hot. Gotcha. Better drama was it Law and Order on the Wire? Oh, um, Law and Order all the way. <laughs> all right, Netflix or the Redbox? Um, Netflix. Better childhood game: Hungry Hungry Hippos or Hopscotch? Uh, I never played either or so uh, <laughs> Hungry Hungry Hippo looked pretty cool. <laughs> all right. Um. You're in the Matrix, and I've never understood this question that way. Well, yes, yeah. you're in the Matrix. Are you taking the red pill or the blue one? Shoot, which one was what? Can't remember. I think the blue one. I think the blue one actually put him in the Matrix. I'm so you taking the blue pill and going in the Matrix, or you staying out of it? Yeah. All right. No, no, I'm going in. <laughs> All right. Aside from my love from God, what's the most important quality in a wife? Aside from loving God, most of uh, definitely supporting, supportive, very supportive. Coke, Coca Cola, Pepsi. Oh, Coca Cola, but I'm trying to cut out. <laughs> all right, you going with the iPhone? Or you going with the Android? I'm iPhone all the way. I'm Apple all the way. I'm trying to get them to sponsor us. <laughs> chocolate cake or chocolate ice cream? Chocolate cake. You got a time machine, you can go back and change anything. Would you change anything, or would you leave everything like it is? Um, as of now, I'll leave everything as it is. Ask me five years ago, I would have said to change everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good answer. I said I heard this one. Mary J. Blige or Beyonce? Mary J. That's that's my error right there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just in case anybody's keeping score, Mary J. is up 113 over Beyonce. Not like I'm keeping score or anything, but Beyonce's never going to catch up. He asking for uh, it. SUV? SUV or luxury wow. vehicle? I'm sorry, SUV or what? Luxury vehicle. Uh, SUV. You've completed the gauntlet in 4 minutes and 44 seconds right now with question number 20. Uh, and it's an easy one. Go ahead and give me information how they stay in contact with Stanley Robinson. How do they follow you on Twitter? Uh, give them all your information. Well, the best information to give is RepTheKingMag.com. Head over to RepTheKingMag.com. You can even click on About Us, and you'll have information on how to get a hold of me. Um, you can get me on Twitter at RepTheKingMag, and then that's R-E-P-D-A-K-I-N-G-M-A-G uh, on everything. You got to check that out. I'm actually one of the email subscribers. I check you out every day to see what you got going on. Big brother, we appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right, man. We'll talk later. God bless. God bless. All right. God bless. All right. From that to the thunderstorm mailbag, GQ, have you lost your mind? Name one thing that Prince is better at than Michael Jackson. This is from Courtney in Chicago, Illinois. Courtney, that would be quite easy. 
Michael Jackson was never a writer of anything. That was Quincy Jones. Everything that Michael Jackson sang that you actually like was written by Quincy Jones. Michael Jackson is not a composer. Michael Jackson cannot play an instrument. Michael Jackson is not a better singer. Michael Jackson doesn't have more iconic or classic albums. Michael Jackson doesn't have more albums. If you take out Thriller, Prince has sold more records than Michael Jackson. I can keep going. Do you want me to or you want me to stop? Thank you, Courtney from Chicago. <laughs> That was fun. Man, GQ, let's not do that. Oh, that my was God. fun. That was fun. That's checkmate right there for Courtney in Chicago. <laughs> also from the Thunderstorm mailbag, um, this one is, an, and, I'm, and I'm kidding, Courtney, I don't know who you are, sister. I appreciate you listening to the show. God bless you. I love you. But you asked the question, so I had to ask it. Uh, also from the Thunderstorm mailbag, and this, I'm gonna let you guys have this one. This is actually this is actually one that's interesting. I want to get you guys take on this. We were talking um, about the positive influence that LeBron James has had, and my question was, why does anybody dislike LeBron James? And this writer from, um, believe it or not, they're from Cleveland, Ohio. They never got over the fact uh, that LeBron James left Cleveland and went to Miami in the first place. They don't like when LeBron James once upon a time went on ESPN and had the decision show with which he decided he was going to go announce that he was going to tell everyone which team he was going to go play for, and that's when he ultimately decided he was going to go play with the Miami Heat and then a laugh, and she said she didn't like that because this was a sign of his arrogance. We keep hearing the term arrogance with LeBron James. Um, how do you guys feel about that comment, that question? Uh, me personally. Okay, me personally, this is this is where I'm at with it. We have to understand that decision whole thing. That was an early stage in his career. Um, he was still young at the time. He hadn't won a ring. He didn't know what it felt like to go through that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of situation. He was never a free agent. He was a young man that went straight out of high school in Ohio to their NBA team in Ohio. So he was an Ohio kid. They never travel outside. So the one thing I think we have to understand is that you have to give people time to mature into those things. Now, did I like the decision and all of that? No, nah, I felt like it was a little overblown myself. But at the same time, uh, you have to understand something. He was a young man, uh, and we all make mistakes and that's just what it is. And that's what it is. But at the same time, I think my biggest problem with the whole decision was that he never called Cleveland themselves and told them beforehand that he was leaving. If anything, that was my biggest thing on the decision. But, you know, I would say to to the writer of that post, just, you know, just understand that he was young at the time. And that may have had something to do with why he chose to do the whole decision. DC, I'm going to let you go first, man, but I'm like double dutch. I'm trying to jump back in this thing. Go ahead, because I'm itching to get my ass in here. Go ahead, man. What you got? I, I know I hear him, but let me just quit. Um, I agree with Trey a little bit. You know, he just he just wanted to go out and just try something new with a new team and just and just see how it felt. And, and also, my thing is everybody gets on LeBron about leaving. I mean, you got to think about it. The man had got a bundle of money out of this, and he – Use it for a good cause. So it's not like he just went Thank you. for the money. Thank you. He just he just he just wanted to try something new. That's what people need to understand. There you go. He's human. He wanted to try something new. That that's that's just how I that's feel about it. Did I like the decision? No. 
But I'm not LeBron James. I can't tell this man what to do. He's a grown man. And GQ, I'm going to pass it to you. Excellent answer from both guys in the storm, and I'm glad that you set that up, man. Just like this, that, like the alley oop. You threw the alley oop, I'm about to slam up this thing. Let me go get explain it. the decision. Let me explain the decision once and for all and for everything. LeBron James made several million dollars to go on ESPN and announce where he was going to go, and that's when he decided to go to Miami. He didn't keep a dime of that. All that money went to youth organizations and to help build a youth activity center in the greater area of somewhere around Cleveland, Ohio. I'm not exactly sure the exact city, but he kept none of that money. All that was given to charity. So that's the part of LeBron James we don't ever talk about. We say he's arrogant. Okay. Nobody's been able to give us an argument as to why. I'm sitting here looking at all the emails. Nobody's given us an argument how LeBron is arrogant. He married his high school sweetheart. We don't have any, we don't have any recollection. I've never heard about him having illegitimate children. He's never been arrested. He took all his homeboys, put them on. They're all millionaires. Please, someone tell me and give me a good reason. Why is there a reason not to like LeBron James except for the fact of what it actually is, good old-fashioned jealousy? Uh, as much well, as we me, like to say we like to see. Let me, let me throw something else in there because you forget one other key point that I think you got to make too. Everybody hating uh-huh. on this man, but we also have to remember he was raised by a single mother with no father and he was able to, you know, create – you know, make millions for him and get his family out of a tough situation. So that's another point. If I respect him for anything, it's the fact that you were raised by a single mother, never, you know, had a, I'm sure he had male influences in his life, but he never had a father in his life. So it's like when you, that's just like anybody, when you don't have a father figure and you can still come out and be a man. And now we see him as he's grown and he's a father. He had two, no, three kids of his own, two boys and a daughter. And he has created something that I'm sure his mother didn't even know at the time was possible. He took her out of, you know, the projects in Akron, Ohio, to now she can go and move as she pleases and he can put her anywhere she wants to go. So I think we have to understand that too. This We are so, people talking about his arrogance and that he's all this and people want to hate on him, but you have to understand that man has done great things with, the cards that he, the cards that he was dealt. Yo, that is a good point, man. Sometimes great I say point. something I wish I had to say the first, so I could say credit for. Hey, you know what, though, man? And that's that's another thing. This is this is my thing about LeBron too, man. Like my uncle used to tell me that your opinion is only as valuable as your knowledge of the person or the subject. A a coach told me a long time ago when I started writing sports, he said, forget what everybody says about a person. Look at the people that actually know him. When I look at LeBron James, he's gone from Cleveland, played with a bunch of teammates. He went to Miami, played with Dwayne Wade and some stars in their own right. Normally that leads to, like, arrogance and, like, the egos and everything, and he went back to Cleveland. There's one player that I can recollect that didn't want to play with him, and that's Kyrie Irving. And I like yeah, Kyrie Irving. We went to Duke. How can you not like this guy? I mean, yeah, but dozens and dozens and dozens of teammates, every one of them love LeBron James. You know who they don't love? Carmelo. Russell Westbrook. Everybody that we know that actually knows LeBron James loves this guy. Switch it to something that's a little closer to home. Cam Newton. When Cam Newton has his little outbursts and his things he says that kind of can border on the realm of crazy, 
we look at Cam Newton and we like, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. I don't know what this thing, this this guy's talking about. But this is what's different about Cam Newton that I've noticed. Whenever Cam Newton is attacking the media, whenever Cam Newton is second guess for some decision he made or for some comment that came out of his mouth, I have never seen anybody that has played with Cam Newton come to his defense. It didn't happen when he was in Florida. It didn't happen when he was at that junior college. It didn't happen when he was at Auburn. It didn't happen with the Carolina Panthers. When he stormed off the stage at the Super Bowl, nobody defended Cam Newton. Teammates don't come to Cam Newton's aid to take his back and, and, and check on his back. Only one player that has ever played with LeBron has shown that he didn't want to play with him, and that's Kyrie Irving. And I don't even think that's because he disliked LeBron because he didn't even say anything bad about LeBron. It's because Kyrie wanted to be simple and Mufasa was there, and the only difference is Mufasa don't die in this movie. <laughs> I'm looking at all the emails. I still don't have a valid argument as to why that nobody likes LeBron James. If somebody can call the show, 602-753-1759. Tell us why you don't like LeBron James. Email the show, ThunderstoneRadio66 at gmail.com. Please give us something valid so we can actually talk about this. And let me throw this Great. in there, too. This is something that we and, and this is something we have to understand. When LeBron went to Miami, how long did he stay there? He stayed there for what? What was it? Was, uh, five years. About I want to say years. four. No, it was four. It was four or five years. It was four or five years. Now, this is what, this is what we have to understand. We hated on him for going to Miami, but a child go, or a teenager goes to college for how long? Four or five years. The one thing we have to understand, four, well, some five. So, LeBron, you have to understand, going to Miami was like his college period. He had Mm -hmm. never been outside Ohio. He went to school. He went to high school in Ohio, and then he went straight to the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are in Ohio. He had never been outside of the state of, of Ohio. He never knew what it felt like to live outside of Ohio. So, the one thing we have to understand is, in order for him to grow into the champion that he actually became, what you have to do? You have to leave the nest. I got to go outside of what I'm used to and see what they're doing over here because in Miami they had something totally different. They knew how to win rings because D-Wade and Shaq had already won one. So I got to go over here and see what they're doing so I can come back and be like, okay, so this is how we do it. And that's exactly what he did. Basically, what I'm saying is LeBron went to Miami. That was his college period. The time that LeBron should have been in college, he was, he was you know, in the NBA. So Miami was just his college period. He went out of what he was comfortable with to something that he knew nothing about, a place he knew nothing about, where he had to learn how to play with new teammates, how to live in a different city outside of Ohio. And then when he came back, he had everything he needed to turn Cleveland into the championship organization that they are. So we have to remember that as well. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Friday, we got um, a woman who needs no introduction on the show. If I just say two two words, a first and a last name, not really a first name, but like a nickname, if I say Doc Honeycutt, y'all all know who she is. She is here on Friday. We got Thunderstorm Sports on tomorrow. 47 Disciples yeah. coming up, and this is Lord, we, Lord I Pray on the Thunderstorm. Keep it locked. 
I swear, I swear, I swear, I swear, I suck off in this limbo. Decisions I done made gon' have me somewhere we can cripple. Lord, I pray every day that you watch out for my temple. As crazy it may seem, I wanna do the right thing. I done try my way and they never work. Tell me I can't get on your team. I done put down them guns and them beans. Now I mean, the quit serving the fiends. Hell is hot, hell is hot. That that ain't for me. I'd rather be fly with them wings Let's go. than burn to the third degree. Ain't no way for eternity. Lord, I done did everything for kill. Everything. There's way you can still save me. I know you can, cause there I am. So I know you been forgave me. And I thank you for the whisper. Thank you. Thank you sent me off the prison. And I never was alone. Cause you always came to visit. And you ain't gotta say that. Uh-uh. That's the only way I would listen. You fed me, and I ain't even no Christian. Now you know it's love from up above. Stay prayed up and let's get it. Let's go. Every day, every day, Lord, I praise you, Lord, I praise you. Every night, every night, Lord, I pray, Lord, I pray. Every day, every day, Lord, I praise you, Lord, I praise you. Every night, every night, Lord, I pray, Lord, I pray. Every day, every day, Lord, I praise you, Lord, I praise you. Every night, every night, Lord, I pray, Lord, I pray. Messiah knew my priors, no joke. Richard Pryor, through the fire, he's my cloak. Know the ropes, he's my provider. So many deny him, but don't surprise them. Who keeps hope? Great faith, his amazing grace, me an amazing place. And in the days of days, I just pray and pray. Still use a pen and pad to write out my life story. Mine gets scurried when I'm worried sometimes. But it's his glory, keeps me fine. Look for something divine, and yes, sure what comes to mind. And the best of us come outside when the Holy Spirit's inside. My mind resides where mine resides. Hurry and cause, and the Lord, he made me a fisher of men. Transparent, no need to pretend. I'm Solomon, wishing for wisdom, repenting for sin. In the midst of it, I'll do Prison the same one body. I know that he got me. I know that he got me. I know that he's watching. I need your protection. That's why you can spot me on my knees every day in the constant state of change. Yet my posture stays the same as blood is flowing through my veins. How could I maintain without your presence? Give so many blessings, spiritual presence, and this essence is everlasting. I'm only asking to keep me destined for grace. Every 
Fred, 47 Disciple on the Thunderstorm. We're okay. back. Uh, John from Chicago, Illinois, uh, tweets the show, and he says, GQ, you missed the mark. Uh, no album ever outsold Thriller, and no Prince album ever outsold Thriller. John, that is not what I said. I was asked a question by another person who said to name one thing that Prince was better at than Michael Jackson. I named about 17. We have never seen anyone who is a composer, writer, singer, performer, dancer, all these things that have rolled up into one person by the name of Prince. Jimi Hendrix was an excellent guitarist. Prince was a better guitarist, and he was a better singer. Michael Jackson is a great performer. Who is a better singer, Prince or Michael Jackson? Who has the 12-octave voice and can go from low C to a C that's 12 octaves higher? Is that Michael Jackson? No, it is not. Who wrote Thriller? Was that Michael Jackson? No, that was Quincy Jones. I didn't say that Prince outsold Michael Jackson in any album because that would be false. Thriller sold. So you can't you can't stump me with no musical stuff, guys. Thriller sold, if I'm not mistaken, 189 million albums. We are never going to see that again. Not in the era of downloading. You can download the MP3 for free. You get a free membership on uh, TuneIn Radio for six months. <laughs> You can play a 9.99 membership to Amazon or iTunes Music, and you can actually sit here and just stream music whenever you want to. Nobody's ever going to sell 189 albums again. I said if you take Thriller out, Prince has outsold Michael Jackson, but now that I think about it, that would be unfair. So we'll take Thriller out, and we'll take out Prince's best-selling album, which was 1999 or Thriller. Actually, we'll throw both of them out, and Prince has still outsold Michael Jackson. If y'all don't come to me with some Michael Jackson is better than Prince stuff, man, and I love Mike. Nobody's a better Mike fan than me. Mike had three dope albums, Off the Wall, Bad, Thriller. Name me one good album outside of Thriller. Name me one song that you like by Michael Jackson that didn't come on one of those three albums. What you going to tell me, the Dangerous album? Name me three songs off of Dangerous. I'll give you one. I just thought of one. Remember the time, whatever that, was, whatever that album that was on. That was, that was pretty cool, but... You had that and you had like one other record. Everything else that we care about from Michael Jackson came from Off the Wall, it came from Thriller, or it came from Bad, and all of that is a result of the fact that he had a relationship with Quincy Jones. Prince went from the revolution to the new power generation and didn't miss a beat. <laughs> he, had a, he had a band that was worse than his original band. Nothing was better than the revolution. If you take the revolution you put them in 2018 with all the equipment and the technology we have now, can you imagine the soundscapes and, the, and, the, and what you're going to be hearing sonically if you take a revelation and you give them all the stuff that we got today? Give the revelation Pro Tools. Give the, give the revolution. I'm so excited I can't even talk. <laughs> give the revolution Studio One and see what happens. Prince fired the best band we have ever heard in the history of rock music and came up with another one that he basically had to carry, and he still was great. Michael Jackson got rid of four of his brothers who had no talent. <laughs> we don't care about the Jackson 5 without Michael Jackson. Hmm. 602-753-1759. Hit us up. Thunderstorm Radio. Uh, we got some NBA oh, stuff, fellas. I don't really – I don't I don't care about the NBA stuff. Y'all go ahead. <laughs> Listen, y'all call in right now. I, I Call in right now. <laughs> Dial the number. Dial it. Well, you better come with it. <laughs> you ain't going to sit here and tell me that Michael Jackson is better than Prince just because you like Michael Jackson better. That's really what you're saying. Say I'm a fan of Michael Jackson more so than I'm a fan of Prince. Do not say he is better because that is not true. 
What is Michael Jackson better at than Prince? Okay, we can argue dancer, and that's probably a wash, but we'll get at the mic. He's still better than Mike in like 19 other categories. Can Michael Jackson play 19 different instruments? Did Michael Jackson teach himself how to play the guitar? Can Michael Jackson even play the guitar? Michael Jackson lived for 15 more years after his career pretty much had reached its impetus and its climax, and nobody cared. You didn't think about Michael Jackson for five years until somebody told you he was dead. And I love Mike. Rest in peace, Mike. I know he's in heaven. God bless him. But you weren't even talking about Mike. We talked about Prince from the time he showed up to the time he was gone. And then when, they, when he was gone, entire cities took, just turned all their lights purple. Like, like they had entire buildings that were purple. They didn't do that for Mike. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you a funny story about this whole Prince situation, right? So oh, yeah, the day he, before I, before before I the blow a blood vessel, I already got high blood pressure. <laughs> He's trying to kill me. So, so look, the day he passed away, right, I had got sick, uh-huh. and I had went to the emergency room, and I'm sitting in there, you know, I'm sick or whatever, and, you know, it flashed across the screen that Prince had passed away, and this woman that I'm sitting beside, she said, oh, Lord, oh, Prince done died, I feel like one of my cousins done passed away, so, just to see the, the, uh, you know, the reaction of people when he died. But, I mean, you can't say that because Mike had the same reaction. But it was fun. it was crazy to me that when these, well, both of them, when both of them passed away, it almost felt like you lost a family member. Um, And yeah. whether we say Mike is better or Prince, which, like, everybody knows, and especially on this, on, on this show, I'm a Mike guy, man. I mean... <laughs> We can say, you know, all those different things. I just love the music. Uh, it's, it's Quincy Jones can write those songs, but to me, if you get any anybody besides Mike to sing them, it, don't, it won't be right. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, just to see that, you know, people, it, it was almost like losing a family member when these people died. It should really speak to how great they really were because when they passed away, it felt like you was actually losing a part of you. So I think that's mm-hmm. the one thing that we have to take away from, from this whole, even though, like I said, if you ask mm-hmm. me tomorrow or any day, I, I I can't come with the, like, you know, you, you got, you got me beat on the facts. I will give you that, but I'm just a mic guy. I'm just a mic guy, man. That's what, that's all I'm saying. Just say that. Just say, I like Michael Jackson more. Just say, I like the Thriller album. I didn't care too much for 1999. Do not tell me that he's a better musician because that is not true. Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook is a better scorer than LeBron James. LeBron James is a better player because there are so many other things in LeBron James that, that LeBron, like Russell Westbrook can't do. He can play defense. He makes his teammates better. Teammates try to get away from Russell Westbrook, and they're fine without him. He had Kevin Durant, James Harden. They both left. They're fine, and they're happy because they're not with him anymore. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Prince lost the revolution and was fine. He he got the new power generation and made them great. He lost the new power generation again and was fine, and then came up with something called another new power generation with different members, and it wasn't the same thing, but it was still great because he was there. He is the constant. You take Quincy Jones away from Michael Jackson, he's another – I'm not saying he's another one of those Motown artists that are great, but we probably don't put them in the same esteem that we put them in now. 
Smokey Robinson is great, but a lot of times we look at Smokey Robinson, we just relate him to the Smokey Robinson of Motown. The Temptations were great. The Four Tops was great. Historically, a lot of people look at the Temptations like they're better than the Four Tops. That's arguable. The Four Tops is just as good as the Temptations were. But we like certain songs that the Temptations sing. So for the Four Tops didn't have a My Girl. The Four Tops didn't do Silent Night. But they're still great. Take Quincy Jones away from Michael Jackson. You don't have Off the Wall. You don't have Thriller. You don't have Bad. Take Thriller away from Michael Jackson. Prince has existed through four different generations. It's just it's, it's amazing what I sit here and think about it. Like, I'm also of the opinion, though, I agree with you, though, Trey, which, like we were talking about earlier, though. I mean, let them both be great historically. I'm also, as much as I'm sitting here having this conversation, I'm also the argument I feel like, you know, can we start comparing the two because they're two different guys anyway? But at the same time, exactly. too, that's what I was thinking. Let, but True. the fact is, every time we mention one's legacy, we always mention the other. Prince was gone two years ago today, and we're, and people are bringing up <laughs> Michael Jackson is better than Prince. Uh-uh. No, I can't let you do that. When you actually ask me the question, I got to answer the question. <laughs> True fact. I, I understand that. Oh, man. I want to get into the um the uh, the Snoop thing. Uh, Snoop making a gospel album and church folk went crazy. But uh, oh, we got to go old school bus too. So guess okay. what? We have a three-time defending champion on the old school bus. We said it. It's been hard to do, and we can't find anybody to do it. Destra Garcia has now become unbeatable on the old school bus. She may retire as the five-time winner, which will retire her as one of three champions, one of which was Prince. <laughs> oh, hold on, did she, get, did she get beat the last time we were here? No, we all voted. We beat. all voted. No, we all voted I against Destra Garcia, and she still won anyway. She still won by two hundred votes. Oh, oh. Lord. Nice. Speaking oh, of speaking of speaking of voting too, though, uh, you know, we we sent out the Thunderstorm Hip Hop Invitational bracket, so y'all fill it out to for who's the greatest MC in the '64 MC bracket. But uh, old school bus. The champ, man, District Garcia. Let's go.
Song number one, the champion on the old school bus, the queen of soca, Destra Garcia, cool it down. We are back on the air, and my blood pressure is through the roof because a dude wrote us and told me that I said that something outsold Michael Jackson's thriller, and I would never say that because I know that ain't right. Welcome back to the storm, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, fellas, I don't think we're going to beat Destra Garcia. We got listeners in Africa. We got Trinidad, Tobago. We got Jamaica. You are not going to beat the queen of soca on this show. Uh, at this point, man, let it rock. Hey, I don't know if y'all have been to a concert in the islands and everything. I actually went to the Sun Splash one time. Uh, for those of y'all who don't know, the Reggae Sun Splash is a concert that goes on, it seems like, for three months. <laughs> she stood out there. <laughs> the sun keeps going down and up. And people are just going crazy, losing their minds. Nobody goes to sleep for like six months. You are literally out there like you enjoying the experience, but you about to cry because you're like, I just want to go home. <laughs> but the sun splash, the sun splash was dope, man. I think it was like day two. We were out there, and I didn't even know who Destro Garcia was at the time. This chick walks out. It's got to be like three o'clock in the morning. She was up there from three to six. Nobody sat down. Everybody lost their minds. And it, I've never seen anything like the experience I saw when she walked out on stage. Go to YouTube, find you some disregards to yourself if you don't know who I'm talking about. But Queen of Soka is the three-time defending champion on the, um, the Storm, and the challenger is coming up. But I need help, fellas. We need something that can beat this record because what everybody suggests, I'm just looking at some of the titles. And, uh, I mean, uh, Troop is dope. I love Troop, but Troop's not going to beat Death on this show. Um, service ain't gonna do it. I love cameo, but they're not gonna be Destro Garcia, man. Anybody got any ideas? Man, go with a, go uh, with another one of them. Man, I want the wine and sex on. Man, give me the wine. Uh, what she beat the wine? She beat the wine though. She, that was like the that was how she got the title in the first. The, the wine is with a chance and Destro knocked off. I forgot about that. She did beat the wine, didn't she? Yeah, I mean, actually, just trying to find. I mean, next we got to go to the Clark sisters if it don't work no more. I'm just saying, like somebody got to knock off. I got an idea. I do too. There's one artist that can be Destro Garcia on the old school bus. I am guaranteeing a victory. Who? Who's that? I got an idea. They they sent us. I appreciate all of y'all and everything. For once, I'm going to make an executive decision. I'm not going to let the audience pick the old school bus challenger. I'm going to pick the song. There's one artist that can beat the Destro Garcia on the old school bus. You know who it is? Who? Mm-mm. Purple Rain. Oh, Lord. Oh, no, man. I should have known. the greatest of all time. I should have known. Song number two on the old school bus. Play anything by Prince. I know you not
Call number two on the old school bus, the challenger, Prince. Diamond the Pearl. There's one there's one individual that could be the queen of circle on the old school bus. It's a man who forced entire cities to turn their skylines purple. My vote well, uh, well let me go ahead. let say this. Debate Michael Jackson Prince all you want to. Listen, we uh Destro Garcia, it was a nice run for you. It really was, but that's my favorite. That's my favorite Prince song. I love that Prince song right there. Uh, Diamonds and Pearls will always be my favorite Prince song. It was a nice run for it, but Diamonds and Pearls have to win. This week, I don't care what y'all do. Uh, the people in Jamaica, the Dominican, all of y'all, y'all, you know, y'all know better. Y'all know better. Prince needs to win this week. Oh, come on with it. I'm going to stand at the argument for the fact that once upon a time, I think we had Run DMC versus LL Cool J on the old school bus. A lot of the ladies said that I rigged the old school bus because Run DMC won, and I never lived that down. So I'm staying out of the argument because I feel like Prince is going to win this time, and they're going to blame me, and they're going to say I rigged it for the sake of the show. But I do everything in honor and indecency. It's a Christian show. <laughs> yes. We don't yeah. come to <laughs> All right, my vote. Uh, Trail, who has admitted he's a better uh, Michael Jackson fan, is a bigger Michael Jackson fan than Prince. Goes with Prince, by the way, just in case anybody missed that point. <laughs> DC, hey, go vote. And I'm also gonna put it out <laughs> that I'm a Michael Jackson fan too, but you, you can't beat Prince, man. Especially not that song. You can't beat it, so I'm going with Prince. Alright. So number two on the old school bus. Diamonds and Pearls I mean, by Prince. Diamonds and Pearls, how am supposed to go against that? You can't. <laughs> you you can't. I look at Twitter when um I look at Twitter when Mike when uh when excuse me, when Prince passed man and I sat here and saw we expected it in Minnesota. When I see Chicago and Greenville, South Carolina and Philadelphia and New York in Los Angeles, L.A. and New York can't agree on anything. But both of them decide, hey, let's just take some some white lights, let's make them all purple, and let's just light up the whole skyline and make the skyline purple because Prince is gone. I ain't never seen it like that before in my life, man. I can only hope. The only thing I can compare that to is when Biggie died, he went back to Brooklyn, and and, and, and everything turned into a party when somebody was throwing hypnotized. Yeah, that was. It's yeah, like that. that yeah. 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 It's like that, but extrapolate that. Over like nine major cities. Take like the greatest cities of this country: Chicago, New York, L.A. I can't throw Greenville, South Carolina in there as much as I love Greenville, but you know you got Houston, Miami. All these cities made their skylines purple. That's I can't be punched, man. Just just say it. If you turn in late, man, we got a. We made a bunch of announcements, man. We had Sam and Robinson on tonight, the uh, the creator and owner of Rep. The King Mag and the COO of Robinson Legacy, LLC, um, artist management, so on and so forth. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, go to Rep. The King Mag and subscribe, man, because uh, it's a great magazine there. Um, the NFL released their schedule this past Thursday. I'm pretty sure we get on the down Thunderstorm Sports. Uh, the rumors are true. Y'all saw the flyers. Y'all saw the tweets and everything. Thunderstorm Sports is back tomorrow at 630. And... It's been an awesome show tonight, man. We didn't talk about nothing we said we was going to talk about, but it still was an awesome show. 
Not a thing. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a always so got to be used to that. I gotta get y'all. Uh, I'm thinking on something though, man. Um, kind of thing, man. Yeah, some, yeah, some sort. Uh, I was telling him, don't say that. Like we, that's always because you know some people say we don't prepare. You know, we we do prepare. We we do take this serious. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, we you know, I don't care about people in their opinions. So we started trying to script. <laughs> right. we, we started trying to script the shows around the third one because we had this whole opinion that we was gonna be organized, and it was crazy, man. I mean, we got a we got a conference call line and everything. Like, if anybody just wants to borrow my conference call line, you can borrow it. Just just let me know. You can have it. Because we had conference calls. We would sit here and have one-hour talks about what the show was going to be about, uh, subject matter, things that we heard. We was coming up with cool little skits and everything, which is how we came up with the garden and all kinds of stuff. We tried so hard to get organized, man. And then the very first show after we had that conference call, I did my opening rant, and I, I don't know, I said something that reminded me of something else, and I went off on this tangent. And it's never been the same since. And then we did a Thunderstorm sports show, and all we did was preach the whole time and pray. We did a Thunderstorm sports show, man, and all we did was tell people how to build businesses. Uh, We talked about better black-brown relationships. We talked about black people building legacies in in their own communities. We even took it to the point where it's it's funny, man, because when I walk in Chinese restaurants that a lot of times are in these black neighborhoods that we sit here and we talk about, you see the mother and father in there, and they own there, and they, they they own the company, and they're working. You have the grandfather is in there somewhere. Uh, a lot of times they've tucked him back at that little booth in the back of the in the building to scare people, but he's in there. And then you have children <laughs> that are like taking the orders over the phone and everything, and ringing people up on the cash register, and they're growing up in the business, and they know how to do the business by the time they're nine years old. And then they go off to school and they get educated and they come back home. But they, the family has built something, man, and we got choked up, man, because it allowed us to realize while we're live on the air, now, none of this was planned. So while we're live on the air, it just it brought us to a conversation, and we're like, look, that's what we want this to be. These kids can go off to school, come back home, and their parents can tell them, yo, we built this from scratch. When we came over here, we couldn't speak English. We've made this as successful as it is. And you can have it. This is yours. We build it, we're giving it to you. And that differs from the black community in so many ways because a lot of times our parents grow up and they wait until they're 18 to figure out what they want to be for the rest of their life. And then, you know, society has told you to go get an education, go get a job, work for 40 years, retire. And we keep buying into the system because the system's supposed to protect us, which is why y'all gave eight years to Obama. But the system and the promises are supposed to protect you, and the system never protects you. The system only protects the system. So even though you've never, for the most part, seen most of your relatives successful because they got a degree, you wouldn't got one anyway. You know why? Because we're sheep. That's what you're supposed to do. When we built the thunderstorm, we created something that was ours. We built this entire thing that we're doing now. What is this, episode 72? A year, over a year ago, we built this from scratch, from the four walls of my apartment building, and I was literally washing my sister's car, and the word thunderstorm popped up in my head. And now we built something that belongs to us. And regardless of whatever it grows into, Trail and BC and GQ can get us our kids and say, look, this is yours. We brought it this far. Now it belongs to you if you want it. If you don't, you well within your right, but at least I built you something that's yours. You go to China, mm-hmm. man, 
I don't know if you there are a lot of people that even left this country, man. I've been fortunate enough just because of Christian hip hop to leave this country on several different occasions. You have like dojos and stuff in China, and you and the family builds like this house, and then every time there's a new generation, they build another level on the house, and the older members of the generations keep coming down to like the bottom floor. So grandma was on like floor one, and then when they build another level, mom and dad move up to like the second level. And grandma moves down to the first level so she doesn't have to climb the stairs. And then when the kids come home from school, they build another level. Now you have a three-story dojo. And the kids come home and, look, this is your house. You don't live on the top floor, though, because we got grandma down here on the first floor. We live on the second. Everybody is right there together in this community and this family. And I walk in these Chinese restaurants, and these kids learn how to run their own business by the time they're nine. We're taught how to go get a job. They're taught how mm-hmm. to run their own business. The reason America is failing is because you gave eight years to George W. Before that, uh, y'all loved Clinton, and he wasn't Jack either, but he disguised things because y'all liked him because he liked, you know, Aretha uh, Franklin. He went to McDonald's, and he was from, you know, Arkansas, and, you know, he played the saxophone. So y'all wanted to adopt him. And even when he was wrong, you defended him. And then he lied about being wrong, and you defended him because you liked Bill Clinton. And God help you if it's been eight years and you still look at Obama and you still see his presidency as a success. God help you. Please stop watching Empire and loving hip-hop and spending nine hours out of 24-hour day on Facebook and getting all your news on Facebook and then claiming you do research when all you really do is go to Google. You Google something, and the first thing that you click on becomes your opinion about everything because you think that's fact, not realizing that news is all subjective and sometimes what your research is taking you to is somebody that wants to tell you their opinion about it. And you take that as fact, and you think because you looked up on Google that you did research. You did not. It is time for us as a community. We said this on a sports show, man. <laughs> it is time for us as a community to stop learning how to use the computer and learn how to build the computer. It's time for us as a community to start building our businesses so we can give our kids something because every black family works the same way. Mom and daddy live their whole life trying to figure out what they're going to be, and then they work in that, and then they have children, and then children wait till they turn 18 to figure out what they're going to go to school to do and what they're going to become when they leave school. And then they do that. And some of them work 40 years, and you barely save enough money to pay for your funeral when you die, if you can do that. We have placed a lot of our own in the ground, and they still owe somebody else some money. And it's sad. And as proud as I am for them, of them for their hustle, when I see another Indian family who couldn't speak English when they get here build another hotel and just give that to their sons and their daughters, and when I see another Ukrainian, I'm not trying to make like any racial epithets, by the way, or stereotypes, I'm just saying, when I see another Ukrainian open up another gas station, and they can give that away, and I just keep seeing us try to figure out what we're going to be, and the whole process starts over, and then you have kids, and they got to start over, and you have grandkids, and they got to start over. I'm irritated with that, man. And that's why we built the thunderstorm, because, fellas, we have the opportunity, the rare opportunity to say what we want to say, play what we want to play. Um, I just made an executive decision and trumped what everybody said and said, I'm not going to play this record, I'm going to play Prince. You can't do that if you work at someone else's radio station. You can't. Okay. It's about legacy. It's about building something for the future. It's about one day we're going to have children. And God forbid, because 
I used to have this nightmare, man, and I had this daughter, and it was crazy because the nightmare always worked the same way. I had this daughter, and she was a child, and then she would grow up, and then by the time she got to, like, 18, she would come to me, and I would be old, and I'd have to tell her I don't have enough money to send you to college. I don't have a business. Daddy didn't get after it. Daddy was lazy. I didn't create a business, so I don't have anything to give you because you can't afford to go to school. And that's kept eating at me and kept eating at me and kept eating at me. And when I sat here and said I was a Christian hip-hop artist and I was thinking of the fact the only thing we got invited to was youth explosion, and we were only asked to be youth pastors and talk to the kids because we can't go in the main sanctuary on Sunday and talk to the adults even though we were adults ourselves. I got irritated, and I said, we need our own platform because I listen to Christian radio all day, and I don't hear one Christian rap song. Christian hip-hop has been around for years, and can't nobody name nobody except Lecrae. Average people I'm talking about, the general public. So when I said, God, we need a platform, you know what God told me? You become the platform. 73 episodes later, here we are. And we can do this until we say we don't feel like doing this anymore. But I don't think that day is coming because one day I'm going to have me a little, a little dude that kind of looks like me, light-skinned with long hair, probably talks too much. <laughs> and he's going to walk with me and I'm going to say, son, even if you don't want the storm, this is yours. Even if you don't want to write sports, right, do you realize that if somebody comes to me and says, I want to write sports, I can make that happen for you? I can give you a job. You go to your job every day, some of y'all, and you can't hire nobody. You got friends that's struggling, can't pay their bills, and you don't have the power to give them a job when they come to, to where you work. You got to tell them, oh, you got to fill out the application like I did. You got to give me your resume. Can you get me hired? No, they got a team that does that for them. And then somebody tells you, yo, this is when you go to the bathroom. This is when you go to break. This is when you go home. You trade time for money. That don't work nowhere. And we keep trying to believe, you know what, maybe at the end of the month, I'm going to have a little money left. And you don't. You always get to the end of the, to the, end of the money and you got a little month left. It's always the other way around. <laughs> you got month at the end of your money, not money at the end of your month. Mm-hmm. And you're still satisfied mm-hmm. with going to do what somebody else told you to do. When missing your kids' game, because he'd love to see you come to his football game, but you can't because you got to go clock in again. And they can get rid of you whenever they get good and ready. And all of us, myself included, are probably three checks out of the poorhouse. You are three checks away from being homeless. That should make you angry. I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. And I know I'm going to get a lot of emails about that, and y'all are going to get mad at me, but that's fine because I realized a long time ago I am the dude that's supposed to say things that nobody else wants to say to irritate you enough to get out of your, your laziness and all this other stuff that you think is just fine because you're just cool with what somebody tells you. And you believe that there's a difference between Barack Obama and Donald Trump, even though they told you the same thing two different ways. 
One of them said it's time for a change. The other one said let's make America great again. What's the difference? And you say you like honest, honest politicians, but you don't because as soon as you get an honest one, you can't stand them, you hate them. I would rather see Trump tell me everything he's telling me so I know exactly what he is than have chocolate Jesus for the last eight years who keeps telling you something you want to hear even though he believes something else. You want to challenge me on that? I got audio. Eight minutes left in the show, fellas. What y'all want to talk about? Because I'm finished. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, I remember. I remember because I got to get y'all's opinion. Uh, Snoop Dogg made a Christian album, man. And Christian folk don't like the fact that Snoop made a Christian album. I say, what is wrong with y'all? You were complaining about what he was making. Now he's making what he should be making, and you had a problem with that too. How do you know that the Snoop Dogg Christian hip-hop album doesn't bring two or three people into the kingdom? If Snoop brings one person into the kingdom off of that album, he did his job. Jesus left the 99 for the one. If you would have been the only person on this planet, Jesus still would have came to this planet and died for you. You could have been the only one. It could have just been GQ. could have just been Trail. could have just been DC. You could have been the only person on planet Earth. Jesus still would have came and did everything the exact same way because he needed you by yourself, and he loves you that much. Even if you don't believe in what Jesus did, he still died for you. And Jesus cares enough about each individual person that he did that, and he would do it if he was the only person on Earth. Well, G, I saw this email the other day. You got to judge a tree by the fruit that it bears. Yeah? And there's some fruit that you can't see yet. Some fruit is still just a seed. How do you know this isn't this isn't the album, the idea, the thought? How do you know that Snoop Dogg doesn't inspire someone to give himself to Christ and he becomes the next Billy Graham? How do you know that? I don't. We got about five minutes left. Is y'all's opinion? Um, I think we we don't know that. That's the this is the part of. Christian individuals that I think we don't have to grow in because every time they see something that doesn't match up with what they think Christianity is, they always have a have an issue with it. Um, just like you know, not to throw off the the Snoop thing, but I was watching the Walls Group, who is a very popular uh, gospel group, and they were singing. Uh, well, one of the artists from the group was singing Kevin Campbell. Can we can we talk? And as we know, uh, you know, it's just a simple love song. And it was people on there talking about, you know, how can you do this and you're going to give people the wrong message, da 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 Listen, the one thing that I think we have to understand is with with Snoop and with the Walls Group, uh, your message should be pure. If you're going to do Christian music in any, whether it's rap, singing, whatever you choose to do it in, make sure that your motives are pure. Um the one thing we and and then I I hear you always say the are we doing this for you know the money or all of that but the one thing we know about Snoop is he don't need the money so let's let's make sure we yeah. get that out the way because yeah. he's made a lot of money over his career he's very successful in what he's done so he doesn't need the money so obviously we have to take it that this may be a change that he's trying to make you have certain individuals that that. You know, they want to make a change and they struggle with it. So how do you express yourself and get it out? Okay, he went to his outlet, which is music. Now, 
who's to say, like you said, who's to say that it won't bring anybody to Christ? But this is the one thing we have to understand. Who's to say that this album that he's writing won't help him change as well? Because the one thing you right. got to understand is sometimes the music is therapeutic. So everything mm-hmm. that he's writing in this album may be the thing that he always wanted to say to, you know, Christian people that, you know what I'm saying, he just never had the heart to say to himself because of the things that he was mixed up in. So now you have to take it as at least he took the step to make a Christian album. So now now we know, now you kind of know that, okay, he, he may be trying to get on the right track. And at mm-hmm. this point, take it for what it is. It's as long as it's quality music that he felt comfortable enough to put out. Whether it touched you or not, we he ain't asking, he ain't begging you to buy the album either. So, just take it for what it is. This may be his therapeutic moment that he needs to change his life. It doesn't necessarily have to be just for money. Go ahead, DC. Hey, man, you got about a minute left, oh. DC. What you got? I uh, know. I wish I had more time to speak on this, but right, we took a, we, just... we we can revisit this tomorrow. So we took about the time to go ahead. It's fine, but it just accept the change, people. That's all I say. Just accept the change, and I'm just leave that there, short and sweet. All right. Um, by the way, um, we Prince is up three nothing based on the, the panel's votes. The Prince is up three nothing in the old school bus. Doc Honeycutt is Friday. Thunderstorm Sports is tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us and everything. I'm gonna behave tomorrow. I promise. <laughs> No, he won't. Yeah. No, I'm gonna be no, good. I'm gonna be good. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm the old school bus one more time. Two years ago, we lost one of the greatest minds of all time. Whether you think somebody was better or not, we were lost one of the greatest musical minds we've ever seen. We had a chance to watch him, and it was it's been an honor just to uh to watch this brother work. Crank up the old school bus one more time. We gonna ride out with Fred. Love